I've got scripture. We're going to go to Esther so you can be finding that now. I think. I don't have a clue what we're really what we're going to talk about. <laughs> you say, what did you do all week? I've been praying. And I'm submitted. I really think I know something, I think, but I want to be submitted to the Lord. He knows what each one of us needs. Amen? And if i got an agenda, I get in his way if it's not on course with him. And I don't ever want an agenda. Only to glorify Jesus. And only to see souls saved. And only to see those who may be struggling to be lifted up, to be encouraged, and to be touched by the Lord. Remember Henry Maddox? He's in the hospital. Well, he's in the... Uh, um, He's in the rehab center at the Virginia Baptist, right, Bonnie? Uh, he had a little touch of pneumonia this week from aspirations, I think, from some strokes he's had. Lift this, this family up in prayer. Continue to lift up Sweetie's mama in prayer. Thought she was going to get to come home today, but she's not going to get to come home today. She had to go back in this week. And pray for that family. Man, it's tough when you're dealing with stuff. And so much more going on, it's tough. But be encouraged this morning. You remember there's a piece of scripture here that says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the earth. Take heart in that, church. No matter what you're dealing with, what I'm dealing with, Jesus is right there. As long as we're hanging on to him, he is right there. Sometimes there's something we need to learn in our heart. We're having to go through something so we can see his hand. But take courage in knowing that the Bible is real. Am I right on that? Can I get a witness? Am I right on that? The Bible is real and it says what it says and it means what it says. And when Jesus made that promise, I will be with you, you can take it to the bank. He ain't leaving you. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Thankful, thankful to see God's hand working. I had a prayer answered this week. Last week we went and up to spend some time with my brother. And I ask you now to, again to lift his daughter Bethany up. She's a great kid. She needs Jesus. But she is. She's a sweet girl. She needs Jesus. She needs salvation. And I prayed for a long time about my brother. God answered the prayer. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And don't give up. Don't give up. Went on a trip this week. I seen more corn than I ever cared to see again in my life. Went with Brother Justin. I've heard about it, brother, but I wouldn't have believed it. I had to see it to believe it. You know, you talk, talk about faith. I didn't, you know, it's like, oh, it's corn. I'm telling you, this place is flat. But boy, I, and I can't understand how they put them rows so straight. Carson, they got a long string. I'm talking about miles long for some straight rows, buddy. Thank God for a safe trip. Thank God for the work he's done. And I told you to go to Esther this morning, didn't I? Yes. Sometimes 
I'm going to say we, and if it applies, you go ahead and put that coat on and wear it. But understand, I'm saying me. So I don't want it to become an eye show. I don't want you to think it's an eye show. That way I'm not picking on you. Sometimes I... can think more of myself than what I should. Now that's, that's Ken. I can tell you all day long that I am something big in Jesus or that I'm whatever. And very quickly, very subtly, that's a contradiction in terms, isn't it? I can have an eye problem. I can speak more highly of myself than I should. I can speak more highly of myself in Jesus than I should. Because, and don't you just thank God for a Holy Spirit conviction? Praise God. But the very minute that something like that happens, and I don't care if you've been saved for 50 years or you've been saved for five minutes, it's easy to get to that place if we're not careful. We've got to guard these hearts all the time. Because there's an enemy who wants to take us down and may, if not impossible, take us out. And you say, well, I don't know if I believe that or not. Well, let me tell you something. I guarantee you there's people in this nation today and probably in this community who used to be so faithful in the church at working, at praying, at studying their Bible, at attending services, all of these things, most of all, giving God their heart and seeking Him who now don't. You may know somebody, I don't know. And you would have never believed it would have happened. And I'm not going to say this person did that or they did that and I don't want you to take it to the place of accusatory. Take it to the place of knowing that there's an enemy who is very powerful and without Jesus, he can get on my back, he can get on your back. And he can take us to some bad places. And whenever we get to this place that we start doing that, Jesus... We'll do a term we used to use with the badge when we would, he'll call you out. He's going to call you on it. He will reveal to you and me these things and what he is doing in essence is protecting us from hypocrisy. Amen? He, can, he will do, that's what he's going to do for us. In James 1, 22, I'm going to read it. You can turn there if you want. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. I preached on this a few months ago, so I hope it, that, that, that foundation is there. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, how many is free this morning? Are you free this morning? Thank God for it. I'm free this morning. I've been set free. It's taking care of it at the cross. 
And I've got to go to Jesus. I need to go to Jesus. And I need to stay in contact with God in through His Word, through prayer, so that I can remember that it's free. And I am free. But he says, he looks into his... Uh, um, Looks, in, looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away to meet him and forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently at the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, listen to this, they will be blessed in what they do. Now, don't we need the blessings of God? Amen. We need the blessings of God. We need His grace. We need His mercy. We need His favor. We need the blessings of God. We need to be touched in our bodies sometimes. We need to be touched in our minds. And it can only happen through the Lord. I can write books all day long and I can give you some pretty good theories and there will be a half a million people or maybe two or three million people like it. I can become a millionaire because I sold a book to those that buy into that idea. But it won't last. Only if God's in it. You see, I need to show you something here now. You can't see it back yonder. Some of you I showed you this morning. But this is about seven or eight years old, and this is me and my family. It's when we did the directory here to the church and put it together. And man, we're decked out to the nines. We've got a, house, a picture like this in the house. And you've got some pictures too, right, that you've taken, sitting around your house of your family and of yourself. And I got up this morning and spiffed up. You know what I'm talking about. That's the image that I like to see. That's the image I like for you to see. This is frozen in time. Nice little happy family. All big smiles. You can't see it, but I'll show it to you later if you care to look at it. It ain't much, but well, three of them is awesome. One of them in there ain't much. But it's frozen in time, and that's the image that we like. So we like to look at ourselves, amen? Don't we? That's a yes moment right there, because we all do. Because you dressed up today, you take pride in going out and looking good, you take pride in a lot of things. I do. And this is the image that we like. Amen. We can get tore up when somebody else don't fit into this, this same kind of image. Maybe their family. Well, they say they love Jesus, but I don't know. I see a different picture than what they do. Or maybe they don't care about the picture. But then we come to the other side of that coin, the reality. The reality is the mirror. Now, I'm going to tell you, when I got up this morning, I had a long couple of days, didn't get a lot of sleep over the last several days. And I had, since I've been pastoring, one of the first mornings like I had at 3.30 in the morning when I used to go up north when I was wearing a badge, I got up, and I tell you, the mirror almost cracked when I looked in it. Anybody else do that? Oh, you got to look, though. If you don't look, then you don't know what to fix. The Bible is the mirror. 
The Holy Spirit is the eyeballs that leads to our heart. And we don't like everybody, I don't like for everybody to see the reality. I like for people to see the image that I want to put on. Strike a pose, you know. Or the beautiful picture. Or the hour and a half or two and a half hours I'm going to be at church today. All right, family, we've been fighting this morning, so everybody, you got to snap on smiles. Because how are we going to preach love and how are we going to preach that Jesus can change us if we go in here and we're fighting like cats and dogs? Anybody else know what I'm talking about? This, is, this happens at my house. I don't know about yours. But you know what? Jesus still loves us and he's working on us. Amen? Okay. So we have the perception, the thing that we want to show... And yet, there's reality. Amen? And until we face reality with Holy Spirit conviction, reality never gets dealt with. We still put up the facade. Is that the right word I'm looking for, Pastor Charlie? You've been to school with facade, facade, or whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about. We put up, we put up this wall. We put up this play acting, which Jesus says, I'm going to protect you from hypocrisy. Why? I delivered you. And why? This needs to happen so you can grow. Because you don't get to grow, Brother Gene, if you've done made it, right? Can't show me nothing. Can't tell me nothing. I'm not listening. I don't care if it's truth. I don't think it's truth. It's what I think. It's what I see. It's my world and you're in it. And if you mess up my world, you or me, one's got to go. That is the world we live in today. Because why? Our image gets bent and dented. Now this Bible is called an offense. It is offensive. The cross of Christ is offensive. Amen? Why? Because the mirror shows us and we want to look in the mirror and see. But we get out of bed and we look in the mirror and we see. Oh, Beard hanging out, want to be shaved, you know, Sandman's been in your eyes real hard that night. Looks like you've been at the beach. We wash all that off, we've got to brush your teeth. You know what I'm talking about. And God says, I'm going to take you away from this. I've got to show you something. You see, this happened to me. I'm going to give you a me story. You remember last week, we, we talked about the what the, happened when the youth did their ministering at the convention and what God was doing in their lives out of the sight of people. It was real. And I'm working security. And i got all these other pastors coming up and saying, man, how blessed you are. Boy, you're really doing something great there. And I'm like, well, yes, I am. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said, no, Jesus is doing that. But let me tell you something. See, they, didn't, they couldn't see, and I didn't even see what really was going on. And I did mean, and I, did, I still mean, if anything good is happening here in Huddleston, Kogop, it's Christ. If you're being delivered from junk, if chains are being ripped off, it's not Pastor Ken, and it's not the music that we're playing, it's Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit doing the work. Why? Because we led Him. We was able to look into the mirror. 
and see what he was showing us. And I'm going to tell you what I was doing. I told these guys, no, it's not me. You've got to give the glory to Jesus. But you know what he did? He took his little magnifying light and showed it a little bit deeper inside of my heart. Because I didn't say it, but it did come out. And I've been dealing with this for two weeks now. Is there was some pride coming up. All those naysayers, all those ones that, oh, well, they're just going to see now. because And you know it was there. I'm pouring my heart out because I want you to see it because it might help you. I don't care. I know what Jesus is doing for me. But I want you to be able to see it and receive it. You understand? Shake your head if you do. I need to know you're getting this. Okay? Okay. I felt in my heart, I was, yes, Jesus is doing it. I'm not. The volunteers are doing it. The people that are here. And the children certainly are. They're the ones that worked tirelessly on these things. And then they got blessed because God rewarded them. You know why He rewarded them? Because they weren't seeking that. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I need to have the applause. I don't preach for amens and I don't preach for applause. I can tell you this, when you're hungry and you're seeking God, He will pour through. Now I have preached when ain't nobody getting nothing, and boy, I'm telling you what, it's like pushing a, a, a tandem truck loaded down with gravel. But whenever people are hungry, we talk about anointing. Well, he's got the anointing, he don't got the anointing. No, it's about how hungry you are. What do you want from Jesus? I'm just a vessel. And Brother Gene, you know what I'm talking about. You've preached. You've been in the dead places. And man, it's like chopping wood with a dull axe. And you've been to the places where people are hungry. They want to receive. They're wanting something. They're not, they don't have their calculator, the pencil out, doing all the critiquing. Let me critique all of this. No, they're hungry. They want something from God. And whenever we get hungry for God, He will use the vessel He will work through. He did it with the children. But then all these pats on the back and the attaboys... You know why God allowed that to happen? So he could just shine that light a little deeper in Ken's heart. Because there was some pride sitting there too. You didn't see it. They didn't see it. But he did. Amen? And he said, brother, I've got to take you somewhere else. If we're going to minister to this community and to one another, then we have to let the Lord have his way. And we have to let him shine that light in there and sometimes offend us. If it's truth, it's truth. Amen? Doesn't change. Gray is gray. Whether you're colorblind or not, it's still gray. Doesn't change. I thought we was going to Esther. <laughs> we are. I've got an hour and a half to go yet. You've been gone long for a bunch of weeks now, Pastor. It's time to give us a short one. See, Ken was about to say something there, but the Holy Spirit said, I don't say that, and I'm not. Because in Romans 12 and 3, you can write these scriptures down so you can look at it later. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Rather, think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So he tells us, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Otherwise, you can get to this place where it's not good. So, this takes us to another place. 
You see, we can work for Jesus and we, we're waiting for that pat on the back. We're waiting for that attaboy. We're waiting for somebody to say, whoa, well, that was so good. And whenever we're there and we don't get it, do you realize what's happening when we get a little perturbed? And you know, you, you give me a cake to take home and I don't write you a thank you card. If you get upset over that, whether you're going to speak it out or not, only you and God knows because He sees and knows the thoughts of the intents of every heart. And you get perturbed at that, He just showed you something. I still ate good. And enjoyed it. And I did give thanks and I asked the Lord to bless you for it. You see what I'm talking about? But now all of a sudden you're laying awake at night thinking about it. And the devil says, oh, I found a way. I found a way to rob joy. Not Randy and Susie's daughter, but joy out of you. Rob you of your joy. You see what I'm talking about? Because know this, God knows it all. Go to Esther. Now sometimes we can have these things in our hearts that don't belong there. It could be pride. The pride usually comes with about everything that is sin. Somewhere along the line, it probably has its root back to P-R-I-D-E, pride. But it's anything, anything that we're dealing with. But Holy Spirit conviction is what helps us. In, in Esther chapter 2, verse 21. During the time, Mordecai, you guys, y'all able to, no, never mind. During the time, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. Big Thana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, became angry and conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. And if you've got the KJV, it says Ahasuerus or something like that. It's just two different languages. It's like Amadis and Julie. Same person. Thank you for letting me pick on you again. But they had conspired to kill King Xerxes. But Mordecai found out about the plot and told Queen Esther. Now you remember Queen Esther was Jewish. And they didn't tell them all about her background. It was her beauty and it was the hand of God that got her to the place of being the queen. We won't go there because we could preach all day on this. And I don't know if y'all want to do that or not. You guys okay over there? All right. You need to come over here and sit, son. What did I just say? But Mordecai found out about the plot and told Queen Esther, who in turn reported it to the king, giving credit to Mordecai. you got to pay attention to that. And when the report was investigated and found to be true, the two officials were impaled on poles. The KJV says they were hanged on the gallows. Method doesn't matter so much. They were killed. And all of this was quote, recorded in the annals or the chronicles in the presence of the king. Now the king kept these books of everything that was going on. Okay? That's what he did. And Mordecai did this thing to tell Esther so that the king would know so that her husband wouldn't be killed because they were plotting to kill him. It was written down, but the king didn't know about it. You see that? It was behind the scenes work that only Mordecai and Esther knew about of how it came about. 
Now, in my Bible that I have, I've got a chronological, and it gives dates and stuff, and it says that this happened in 478 B.C. Now, we're going somewhere with this, so hang on. In 478 B.C., Mordecai goes and he tells of this plot to kill the king. Esther goes on and she relays it to the king. The guys are executed. Done deal. And it's wrote down in the book so that everybody knows and remembers. Okay? Now during this entire time, Mordecai, and the Bible says nothing about it, therefore I can say this. Mordecai never, ever walked up to Esther. Stand up, Brian. Because you know, they didn't want him to know they was kin, you know. Then she's known as a Jew. He didn't walk up to Esther and like, stay put, stay put. Now, if you can't see, I'll do it this way. Has the king said anything about me yet? Has the king said anything? Okay, you can sit down. Do you see what I just did there? Covertly. Has he said anything? Has he mentioned me? Am I going to like get something from the king for this? I mean, you know, I did save his life after all. No, he didn't. He wasn't waiting for that praise to come about. Why? Because he had God in his heart. You see what I'm talking about with this thing of pride? This thing of greed? Whatever it may be, it could be any of these things. It can get in there and God says, let me shine the flashlight. Let me get my laser light out so you can see plainly the little dot that I'm talking about. Because a little bitty dot can grow into something huge. If the wrong one is feeding and watering it. See, it either needs to be killed or it needs to be nurtured. Satan does the nurturing for those things that are called sin. Those things that take brotherly love and they split people. He is the gardener of that garden. You see, i got a garden and... Uh, Sister Francis, when you go to pick up uh, some tomatoes for Ron tomorrow, wear your snake boots. Because they're quite weedy. I just haven't had the time this year to work like I wanted to. But the thing is, is whenever this beautiful garden and this thing is happening, it takes work. It takes work on our hearts. You understand what I'm talking about? Otherwise, the weeds will come in and choke out the good stuff. And it will die. And there will be no fruit. There will be no fruit of the Spirit. There will be no work done in our lives. Why? Because we've got to work at it. We have to stay in touch with God. We've got to be able to see what's going on. And if you don't take care of that garden before you know it, it's a weed patch. And yes, there was something there, but now it's dead. So that little, little bitty dot, God says, let me get the laser light out. And we don't like that. Why? Because darkness flees from the light. Okay? And here's Mordecai. He didn't do that. He just... He, didn't, he just told her about it and it went on. You see, many times, and maybe you've done that, you've asked God, have you forgot about me? God, have you forgot about uh, what I did at the church? Have you forgot about uh, the, the thing that I did for this one or that one? When trouble might come or when He's actually, in essence, shining the light on the dot that's got to be dealt with, all of a sudden we think, oh, Satan is all over me. No, sometimes it's God that's all over you. It's the Holy Spirit bringing conviction and saying, let me help you to deal with this. Does that make sense? Okay? And sometimes that happens and He shows that light. He shines that light and it's uncomfortable. We don't like it. 
And then all of a sudden, we start reminding Him of all the good that we are. I mean, Jesus, I pre- Jesus, this many people have been saying, Jesus, I've worked Sunday school. Jesus. And God's saying, yes, you did exactly what I like. You did exactly what I've asked you to do. But you did it for my glory. And now it's about your glory, and I need to show you that. And don't that hurt. You all would have never known this had I not told you, but it was somewhere about Indiana or going into Illinois 1 that that hit me in the wee morning hours the other night. See, God was working. God bless you. He said, there's something that was there because I didn't see it before, but then he showed it to me. He says, I got to deal with it. Amen. Now I want to go. Go to, go to chapter 6 of Esther. Chapter 6 of Esther. Starting in verse 1. I got a few minutes yet. I can't see the clock, y'all. I'm blind. <clears throat> that night, the king could not sleep, so he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded that Mordecai had exposed Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. King of the king said, What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this? The king asked. Nothing has been done for him, his attendants answered. The king said, Who is in the court? Now, between this what we read in chapter 2 and where we're getting at in chapter 6, uh, something was going on. A Hitler-like thing was going on because there's a guy named Haman and Haman had set out to destroy the Jews. He didn't particularly like Mordecai because Mordecai would not bow down to him. This guy wanted worship. You see the difference there? He needed a pat on the back. He needed to be lifted up by the people. He needed these things. But yet... In the subtle way, you see that Mordecai didn't. And he hadn't received anything, and the king didn't know anything about it. But Haman was doing everything he could to be big in the king's eyes so that he could get his way and wipe the Jews out. But this book starts in about 473, uh, yeah, 473, 474, somewhere in that neighborhood. that the king had a sleepless night. Why? Because God was all over. By the way, God is not mentioned in the book of Esther. But His hand is all in it. You see what I'm talking about? Whenever we do, and we do what God has asked us to do, we don't wait around for praise. We don't wait around to get this pat on the back. We do the right thing. You know, the the attendant gives you back too much change. Do you say, oh, that's a blessing from God. Glory to God. Or do you do the right thing and say, wait a minute, I don't get a 20 back, I'm supposed to get a 5. You didn't see the right thing that I gave you. And if they want to argue with it, let me help you out here. Oh, okay, whatever. No. It's not yours. You go get some change, you take it back and let them do whatever they Well, they're just sticking it in their pocket. Well, now we find out who's, who's God and you, huh? Who's your God? George Washington? Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. 
Why? Because God sees everything. He saw what Mordecai did. Nobody else but Esther knew it. And it was written down in the books, and they wrote it down and didn't think anything about it. God knew what was going on. God sees when we're doing in private, and we do something else in public. He knows what's going on, by the way, inside of our hearts. So therefore, even if I'm in private, God knows what's going on. And then, He's going to take that little magnifying glass and that little laser light, and He's going to say, I need you to grow. You need to grow, because I have so much for you. There's somewhere I want to take you. There's some way I want to be able to use you and work through you. But I can't do it until we get this out of you. So he reveals it to us. And then he starts, because he knows. Do you understand that, church? There's not a thought gone through your mind since you've been born that God doesn't have it written in his book. Amen? So you say amen, shake your head so I know you're getting it. It's not like I'm telling you, you've got to agree. I just need to know you understand what I'm saying. You don't have to agree, but I'm going to tell you it's truth. Okay? All right. Like a lead balloon. Shut up, Ken. So God knows what's happening. And God sees inside of our hearts. And yet, let's read on. The king said, What honor and recognition has been given, has, was given to Mordecai, has Mordecai received for this? And the king asked, uh, the king had asked, nothing has been done for him as attendant sister. Then the king said, now check this out, the king said, who is in the court? Now Haman, the guy who wanted to kill the Jews and to really get at, at, at Mordecai, had just entered the outer court of the palace to speak to the king about impaling or hanging Mordecai on the pole or on the gallows that he had set up for him. And his attendants answered, Haman is standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. And when Haman entered, the king asked him, What should be done for the man the king delights to honor? Now the very guy that's wanting to take him out is getting asked this question. Now can I ask you something? Was God in this or not? And boy, is he getting ready to eat a big old plate of crow. Mm. So don't mess with God is the next thing. Don't mess with God, because He knows. Oh, He knows. He knows when we say the little things we say that we really don't mean. He knows that. He knows it all. He sees it. He knows it. Okay? Mm. Haman is standing. Bring him in, the king ordered. And when Haman entered, the king asked him, what should be done for the man the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought to himself, this is him thinking, budgets and quotations in my Bible. This is just him thinking in his own heart. So God knows everything. Who is there that the king would rather honor than me? It's me. It has to be me. He called for me specifically. He's getting ready to honor me. And I've been seeking honor forever. Now that's the devil, right? Ain't that why he got kicked out of heaven? Because God says, I'm not going to share my glory with nobody. Ooh. So he answered the king, For the man the king delights to honor, have them bring a royal robe the king has worn, and the horse the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed on his head, 
Then let the robe and the horse be entrusted to one of the king's most notable princes, and let them robe the man and the king's delights to honor, that the king delights to honor, and lead him on the horse through the city streets, proclaiming before him, This is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Now he laid a big mouthful out there. He sure was wanting something. He was wanting a big old parade. He was wanting everybody in the city to know the king loves me. Breaking his arms to pat himself on the back. Check this out. Go at once, the king commanded Haman. Get the robe and the horse and do just as I have suggested for Mordecai the Jew. Ha! who sits at the king's gate, do not neglect anything you have recommended. Now he said, go at once, and you can just picture Haman going, hot dog, yeah, and get Mordecai. What? That's the picture there, okay? What? I can't stand that guy. What do you mean you're going to honor him? Mm. <laughs> and do everything that you have recommended. So Haman got the robe and the horse, he rode Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city streets, proclaiming before him, this is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. And if we read on, we find out that Mordecai was made governor and the Jews did not get wiped out. This big holocaust that was supposed to happen back there, which almost happened 70 years ago in Europe, God said, uh-uh, it's not happening. It's not happening. The point I'm trying to get this morning though is the reward came five years later. Amen? Don't remind God. Don't keep a calendar. You do for the glory of God. Amen? You come and work this week in Bible school, you do for the glory of God. You don't come and work for Bible school this week, if you don't do it for the wrong reasons, don't, don't forget this. God knows so he knows he sees it all and he knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart and there's going to be a reward and what's that reward going to be check this out those who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior he's never moved into their heart and became real to them they may have made a proclamation in here but there's absolutely no fruit on that tree they're doing nothing for Jesus they're doing everything for self or they have never even heard of Jesus they've never accepted Jesus the reward is hell. For those that serve the Lord, the reward is heaven. And it may be some blessings in this life, as we saw that happen with Mordecai. Amen? Charlie, could I use you this morning, sir? I'm not going to flip him or nothing like that. I tell you this to be encouraged this morning. And don't give up on prayer. Remember I told you about my brother been a lot of years been praying. God worked. You don't give up on prayer. You don't give up. You don't give up. You don't give up. You're always, always, always checking yourself. Always in the Word. Always praying. Always receiving counsel. I, as a man, as Ken, I do not want to offend any of you. I love you. I don't like to fight. Ask my wife. I don't want to fight. I don't want to argue. I did a career that was always full of strife. Always these kinds of things. And I don't want it. I don't want it. 
Oh, but sometimes Jesus says, can I need you to give a message? Now, I don't know who this is for. It's for all of us, I can tell you that. But I guarantee you it's talking to somebody's heart this morning. Because I feel so overwhelmed with it. You understand? And what you do with it, what, like I did. I, I confess to you this morning. You know, I can take pride and say, hey, pastor. Yeah. Got all this praise coming in. Look what your church is doing. No, look what Jesus is doing. I didn't even know it was there. Because I've really said, but you know, I'm at a place now, it's good. I don't care what's happening. I want to do what glorifies God. But he showed me last week. Turned the little light on and says, now there's a little speck of pride right there. And it's got to go. So I'm going to ask you to pray for me. If I can't humble myself to ask you to pray for me, what good am I? Amen. I don't want that junk in me. I don't want that junk in this church. It don't need to be in any of us. So when we're walking through this life, what we're doing here as a body of believers, as a church, we help one another along. How many of you know the devil will kick your legs out sometimes? Has it ever happened to you? Has it ever happened to you? Oh, he kicks mine out all the time. Usually by tonight or tomorrow morning, he'll be kicking on my doorstep some way, somehow. But when we're walking through this life, now if, 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 if Charlie goes walking over through there and he falls down about that speaker when the devil attacks him, go ahead and fall down, Charlie, on your knees. Or your back will work too. It don't matter. And the body of believers are Right here. Where are you going, Charlie? What's happening? Jesus is calling us this way. Where are you going? See, he got away from the herd. The enemy comes like a lion, right? Seeking whom he may destroy. You ever watched Wild Kingdom when I was a kid? You remember Marlon Perkins, the guy in the little bubble helicopter? And his friend Tom, Tom always had to do the work. Marlon was over standing back. And you didn't want Marlon, he's just getting in the way. You just used a microphone, Marlon. Because Tom, he wrestled the alligators the line. He did it all. Tom was the man. Y'all remember that? They might know what I'm talking about. I'm going back on this, ain't I? Used to come on on Sunday nights. Woo! Used to love those shows. But what did those lines do? They took the herd and called something out of it. They cut it out. The weak one. The one we think we can get. They have that in their nature. They don't sit and think about this kind of stuff. It's just their nature. And then they attack him. And then they got a meal. They've killed one. The herd's going to survive. You understand that, Charlie? You got over there and you fell down. The church is going to survive. But the church wants to walk with you, but we're only going to walk with you if we're heading to Jesus. We'll come over here and pick you up if you call out to the Lord and the Lord says, go church and go pick him up. And we go. Amen? But, come back. If we are walking together, now watch what happens. Let's go over through here together. Fall down. And I pick him up. Oh, and I fell. And he picks me up. Can't pick you up. Do you see what's going on here? There's no room for pride in that. 
Because I can't say, Charlie, I need help. Charlie, I need you to pray for me. Charlie, I need you to intervene for me. And I have done it. I need you to pick me up because I'm low, man. I am down low. And I need you to help me get picked up because I ain't even calling on Jesus anymore. I ain't even, I don't even know if I believe it anymore. And at one time, you're proclaiming the gospel. People are getting saved and now I've got to the, I don't even know if I can do this anymore. Because He has to pick me up. We're heading to Jesus and when He, whatever it is, when it comes in, we're there to pick each other up. There's no room for that pride to come in. There's no room for the greed of this world. For the lucre, the filthy lucre of this world in God's kingdom. And seeking His kingdom. Thank you. We pick each other up. You see, Mordecai was doing this work. Did this tie in okay? I need to know that you're there. Yes? He didn't seek. God knew what was going on. And God knew what was in Mordecai's heart. And then a reward came. And it was five years later. And it was in secret. Nobody knew about it. Amen? And when we're at that place, and if God shines that light on your heart, please let Him work on you. Otherwise, you fell down over there. And guess what? If you don't call out, we'll never know. We'll never know. The Holy Spirit may say, Ken, go, go, go talk to Charlie. Oh, Charlie, what's going on? Charlie's down bad so bad now. He don't even like me because I'm associated with God because he's already mad at God, so he don't like me. The Holy Spirit says, go give him, help him. He try to pick him up. But if he don't take your hand, you can't. If you don't take the hand of Jesus, He can't help you. If you're not in the will of God, He won't help you. Understand? Stand to your feet this morning. If you feel like it. Because I found out if you tell somebody to do something, they already don't want to do it, you just put another nail in that anchor that's holding them. If you feel like it, you stand. If you feel like it, come to this altar and pray this morning. Pride will say don't go and the devil knows that you're not going to go if he tells you because he don't want it to be worked on. You can pray where you're at, but pray. It doesn't matter. if You know what I'm saying? Pray. If you don't know Jesus, I want to invite you to know Him today. And I don't care if you did ask Him into your heart or thought you did, but you know that you know that you know and the Holy Spirit's speaking right now and saying, the deal never was completed, son. And you've been playing games this whole time. Pride will keep you in your seat, but let me tell you right now, there's a bunch of folks sitting right here among you this morning who will join you in prayer. And they're not going to cast any stones. You know why? Because they know Jesus and Jesus don't cast stones. They casting stones, there's a good, good, good possibility maybe they don't know Jesus. They've never let Him come into their heart and change them. Now that, that, was, a, that was a Holy Spirit word right there just now. I know that hit something. That hit something. Who are you to say that? I'm not. I asked Him to lead me this morning. And if it offended, if it humiliated, 
You needed Jesus. And he's telling you, he's got his laser light out shining it right now. And it's, you can be fixed right now. You can have freedom right now. If you have others that you want to pray for, maybe the Holy Spirit's leading you to pray for somebody right now who is struggling. Somebody who's turned away from the Lord or somebody's never accepted the Lord. Then pray. They're going to play us some music as we pray.